Welcome to The Culture Factor, where we talk to founders and influential leaders about company culture. We share stories from the C-suite that help executives engage their business from the inside and create a map to transform their culture. Because the truth is, culture eats strategy for breakfast. I want to thank our listeners for joining The Culture Factor and ask that you subscribe, rate, and consider leaving a review. We'd love to hear who you'd like to listen to next. And a thank you to our sponsor, Company Tribes. They have an app and a virtual experience to help keep your tribe together during difficult times like now and business as usual. How strong is your company culture? Reach out to Paul at companytribes.com. Welcome to The Culture Factor with Holly Shannon and Paul Jones. Today, we have Jeff Rich, the president of CoreBridge Software. It is a SaaS model enterprise software for small and medium-sized businesses. CoreBridge currently has customers in 56 countries and employees in seven different countries. Jeff joined CoreBridge as president of global operations in 2018, and today he joins us virtually on The Culture Factor. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, thank you. Glad to be with you. Jeff, it's, it's so good to, to have you on The Culture Factor, and I'm excited to, to get into this with you. We've had some great conversations. Um, before we really kind of jump in, I think for our listeners, it's important as we discuss this uh, for them to kind of know a little bit about your workforce and where your workforce is located globally. So could you talk with us a little bit about CoreBridge employees and, and uh, where everyone is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have uh, about 110 employees uh, worldwide, as Shannon mentioned, in uh, seven different countries, including um, everywhere from as nearby as Canada to uh, Brazil and Taiwan and uh, the Philippines and uh, a few other places around the world. So that's uh, always the challenge is trying to you know, manage people in different time zones and different places around the world. Yeah. So when, so when we talk about remote work, I mean, you guys have been doing this from the very beginning, right? I mean, having a, a remote workforce from the get-go. We have, with one exception, we have one brick-and-mortar facility in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and have had about 20 to 25 employees there previously, but everyone else is working remotely. So with with the COVID-19, it wasn't a big switch for us. Um, some of those in the office there, uh, after a while, began working remotely, and that worked out just fine. And so for us, it hasn't been too big of a, a change. Yeah, that's great. And I'm sure you've got, I, I'm sure we're going to get into some great insights about, you know, managing remote teams. Uh, so Jeff, you have this workforce that's that's all over the world. Um, you're, when we talk about company culture, um, you, you've you got people in the Philippines, you have people in Canada, so you, have, you even have different cultures as part of uh, your workforce. What were some of the things that, um, you know, so you're saying COVID didn't change too much. It didn't change your processes too much. You were already working remote pre-COVID. What were some of the things that happened during COVID that may have made you think about culture differently or, or had you focus on that or, or anything beneficial coming out of COVID that, as it relates to your culture and your business? Yeah, well, we realized early on that it was impacting different people in different ways. And as COVID swept the world kind of from east to west, it was interesting to watch how it affected us because the Philippines, for example, it impacted uh, them uh, 
significantly, but early on in the process, and maybe we'll get a chance to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, but we had to really be on our game because as it was affecting some of our employees, we had to react to that. And then as it began to affect others, we had to re react accordingly and try to learn from what we learned early on uh, to apply to those that it was impacting a little bit later. And I, I think that the take-home message was that we just really had to increase our level of communication and be sensitive to the challenges that they were facing and then adapt it accordingly as dictated by some of the guidelines put in place by various countries and communities uh, so that we could help protect our employees but yet still maintain our workflow at the same time. You are a global company and when we spoke before, you had a lot of independent silos um, based on how you operated previously. Uh, COVID has actually been a catalyst to going from a global company to becoming a global community. Could you share with us uh, and, and for our listeners, because we were privy to it earlier, um, and it's such a great story about your team in the Philippines. There was a, a sort of a specific thing that happened with one of the people there, and it, it that was also, uh, COVID was the catalyst to it, but then it was a catalyst to becoming a global community at Corbridge. Can you share that with everybody? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, as, as you mentioned it, it, we have to kind of handle things in different ways in a global community. And let me first provide maybe a little bit of context behind our structure um, in order to kind of help answer that question a little more clearly. Um, like many tech companies, we have a, a technical support team and a marketing and sales team and a training team and a developmental team. And historically, we've tended to operate in those silos like you spoke about, but with uh, with some connection to, but, but little interaction with the other departments or teams. But, but COVID's really forced us to reevaluate re how we operate and how we could maybe augment our culture to create more unity and collaboration. And that's really where the example of our team in the Philippines comes into play. We have a tremendous group of employees, uh, almost predominantly developers, who uh, represent over a quarter of our workforce and who live in or around uh, the Cebu, Philippines area. Well, during the height of the pandemic there, one of our employees noticed that there were a number of migrant workers from outlying areas who uh, had come into the city to work, but who then found themselves trapped, uh, unable to return home due to travel restrictions and border closures and things like that imposed by the local government. They really were stranded. So recognizing this issue, this need, our employee began uh, providing meals out of his own pocket to this group of nearly 100 migrant workers. Well, once the rest of the development team there heard what was going on, they wanted to contribute too. And shortly thereafter, news spread throughout our entire company. And literally within a matter of days, a fairly significant amount of funds were collected to support the effort, which, which lasted for a few weeks before restrictions were finally loosened and the workers were able to return to their home cities. But as you can imagine, it was a really unifying experience, not only for our development team there, but really throughout the organization. And we realized that we needed to create and maintain 
a, a venue or forum for these types of experiences or stories, um, you know, to, to be shared and talked about more. And ironically, uh, recognizing the need for increased communication due to COVID, we had just implemented our first ever total company webinar or, or conference call. And now this recent experience in the Philippines gave us great material for, for our next one where we were able to have that actual employee uh, from the Philippines talk to the entire company about what he had done, how everyone's contributions were used, and even share some pictures of their efforts there. It was awesome. It was a great experience and a great cultural lesson for us um, re regarding how we can support each other and stay connected. That's amazing, Jeff, that you truly have um, maybe inadvertently <laughs> due to COVID ended up with a more connected workforce, but it's great that you are putting tools in place now to uh, maximize uh, what on, on that, to maximize on what you've learned. Um, can you share, I mean, obviously that there's an intrinsic ROI there. Is yeah. there a quantifiable ROI from that? Yeah, you know, I think there has to be. You know, to me, that question almost borders on the rhetorical. I be absolutely believe that with few exceptions, you increase ROI commensurate with the level of connectivity of the workforce. Um, I've seen it time and time again. And now that said, some may have differing opinions on the metrics and procedures by which that ROI is quantified in a given industry, right? But mm -hmm. conceptually, there's no doubt in my mind that there's a distinct connection. And I think, I think one of the reasons why is that it becomes less about the individual and really more about the needs of the team or organization as a whole as they, they feel this sense of concern or even accountability for the success of their peers um, above and beyond just that of their own. At least that's what I've experienced. And I think as I was thinking about this concept previously, it reminded me of a quote, I think attributed to Ken Blanchard, who said that none of us is as smart as all of us, right? And hmm. I totally believe that's true of this workforce connectivity concept and the value that can be attained when an employee truly feels part of a greater team or pur purpose. In fact, um, one quick example, if I may, uh, that comes to mind um, to support this is that uh, I had a direct report a number of years ago, and he was a solid employee. He was in good standing and was really respected by his peers. But unfortunately, his wife developed cancer, and he had to take another job that allowed him to be able to work closer to home and to not travel as frequently as he was traveling with us. So it was a positive and voluntary parting. But um, I'll never forget one line that he included as, as a part of his official resignation letter, and I kept it. And he said, I truly loved working for my boss and with our team. I always felt like doing my very best because I didn't want to disappoint Jeff or my peers. Hmm. And I thought about that, you know, ever since then. And I, I don't share that to pat myself on the back in any way, but rather to make the point that in an environment where employees feel valued and part of a greater purpose, they're motivated, right, to be more committed and to work hard and ultimately have more success by due, due to things other than, than money or position or prestige. Um, anyway, I just 
that, think that's a, a good concept. And, and more recently, even in the last couple of months, as we in our organization have put into place some of these types of processes to improve uh, our connectivity and communication with our people um, across individual departments and our entire company, our profits have steadily improved. Um, admittedly, part of it's due to different efficiencies that we put in place due to COVID, but I firmly believe that a portion of it can definitely be attributable to a more uh, connected workforce. We've, we've seen it firsthand. That's such great insights, Jeff, and thanks for sharing a lot of that. Um, you know, when you think about it, you're at work, you, you spend a majority of your life at work. So the relationships that you build there, I, I love your stories. I think it totally makes sense because those are the people that you, a lot of times you're going to be spending a lot more time with them than even your own family in some instances. Yeah. Um, and so the relationships you build at work are important relationships to maintain. And it totally makes sense that if, if your team has clarity and, and if you have um, connection and communication inside your organization, it seems like people feel a lot more part of a movement and it's that yeah. movement or that feeling of being part of a tribe um, that helps that, that increases loyalty and increases motivation and everything else uh, that you're, that you're talking about. Yeah. They really become your extended family and to the degree you can create this sense of group accountability and commitment to one another really helps that, that ROI come through in lots of different ways. You know, I hate to be the person who asks this question, but the economy has forced a lot of layoffs. Is your team working leaner now? Um, and has that been part of what has affected your efficiencies? Because you, you said your profits has in, have increased due to efficiencies. I feel like I'm being yeah. a bad guy. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a reality that I think a, a lot of us have had to face, right, over the last few months. And yet, we definitely are working more, more lean. You know, like most organizations, the effects of COVID on the economy have necessitated a real detailed analysis of business operations across the board. And as a result, we too have, have streamlined some areas. Uh, we've consolidated some functions and roles. And, and when we've had uh, some natural attrition, we've tried to find ways to absorb those responsibilities rather than immediately hire a replacement. Right. But mm -hmm. I think, that's generally a good model to follow, especially during lean or otherwise challenging times. And we've definitely experienced that. You know, interestingly, um, just prior to COVID, we met with another local tech company and we had heard that they'd recently laid off a number of employees. And so we were interested to investigate whether they were in a position to be acquired maybe, or whether we might be able to integrate their offering some way into our current system. And what we found was quite, actually quite different from what we expected. Not only were they not looking to be acquired due to some financial issue, they were performing exceptionally well. And what they told us was that they had simply implemented a different business strategy that allowed them to accomplish more with less. And as a result, their revenue and profits were up in their payroll and other overhead were down, which, as we all know, is a nice combination, right? Well, that was really intriguing to us. And so since then, and now emphasized by the advent of COVID, 
uh, we've been trying to implement a, a similar philosophy in our organization. And although we've not felt a need to conduct a significant layoff like they did, and as others have, we definitely tried to accomplish more with less. And we hope that will continue because if you think about it, whether in a state of expansion or contraction, these principles still apply, right? For example, uh, in our company, we're on the verge of a, a fairly significant upgrade to, to um, one of our current products, and it will broaden the breadth of our, our current customer base, which theoretically will necessitate an expansion. But I hope we'll have learned from this most recent and ongoing um, experience and that as we expand, we'll do so wisely, you know, maintaining that process of efficiency as we grow. Um, that will be our goal anyway. So yeah, we're we're feeling it too. We're trying to work leaner, but I think we've learned to hopefully do a little bit more with a little less. I think the timing, it sounds like it's, it's pretty perfect. I mean, with uh, any kind of situation that creates a necessity or create some kind of emergency or, or I, I think that these situations like COVID cause us to look differently about cause us to look differently at our business and cause our employees to look different, differently at our business as well. No and doubt. that seems to be what you've really capitalized on where, you know, here you are, you're this remote team, you're working, re you're, you're working globally, you're working remotely. And then you, you, you discover this, you know, your story of the Philippines is so fascinating. It's so amazing because um, innovation came out, innovation is coming out of this. And I think um, going back to your comment on teams and unity, and uh, we just did a podcast on innovation inside of teams. This is a great opportunity to rethink almost everything that's happening inside yeah. of your business and give your teams permission uh, to rethink how they work and who they work with. Um, and so it kind of comes back to, for you, you know, you had this organization that was really siloed. Um, you're looking, COVID's causing you to, to become more efficient. You've got this product that you're about to, this new upgraded product that you're about to release. You want to increase efficiencies. You don't want to lay off your team. Um, you're, you're becoming more transparent. It, what's the sense that you're getting inside your organization now? What, what's the culture feeling like compared to pre-COVID? Yeah, it's really interesting, and what you're saying has been so true for us. Sometimes I think we almost need an excuse to get out of the rut that we're in and and look for that innovation and that creativity. And sometimes the benefits, the ROI, come unexpectedly as you pursue some of those uh, opportunities. You mentioned, you know, the, the, the silos and and we've kind of talked about that and whether we are, are going to return to those or if we've learned enough to try to bridge some of the connectivity between those silos. And I'm often asked that, that question. In fact, you and I were talking about it not too long ago, Paul, and I mm -hmm. talked about this as well, as to whether we're going to do that. And it's an interesting question, you know, right? Because the nature of our business, like many others, dictates that some degree of siloed organization and workflow take place so that you can stay focused and productive around a particular job function, right? You can't completely disregard silos, at least operationally. But I think that we've learned over the last few months 
that we can't afford to get caught up in what I call the silo syndrome, where, mm. where departments work so independently that we lose the value and the productivity and the efficiencies that could otherwise be gained by things like better communication and cross-functional training and collaboration that can take place in an organization that really have the potential to not only benefit them operationally, but creates and fosters this culture that we've been talking about of inclusiveness and loyalty that can help a, a company thrive during times of prosperity and, and on the contrary, effectively cope during times of challenge like many are experiencing right now. Um, I know that with our company, we, we still have a lot of work to do for sure, and, and we're committed to doing it, but I feel like we've been forced to learn a few lessons along the way, and uh, I think we're pretty confident that we'll be a better company in the end if we stay dedicated to these types of culturally connecting principles. Wow, I love that perspective. And I think, I don't think that you're alone, Jeff, in, I, I love that you're willing to say, these are the lessons that we learned and the connection is something we we see as a, it's important and we don't want to uh, let it go. Um, I think a lot of executives and a lot of companies are having that realization as a result of going through this whole thing. Yeah. Well, I think what you said right there, Paul, is key is that you actually have to do something. We get, it's like going to a workshop or a meeting, right? And you hear all these great ideas and you're shaking your head going, yeah, that's an awesome idea. We're going to do that. And then you, you, as soon as you walk out the door or out of the ballroom or wherever you're at, things just automatically fall back to what you're used to doing. And so I think what we've learned more than anything through this process as we've come across some of these lessons is we've got to take those lessons and document them and put them in play within our organization so that we don't lose out on the real value that they provide. You know, uh, Jeff, silos is such a strong word. I feel like it gets used very often and I feel like the word silos um, can sometimes trigger culture issues. Um, I feel as though from what you've described, you've moved away from silos and more towards independent work. I think it's important, you know, like you said, a, a department needs to do what a department needs to do, right? They need to be able to focus. But I think allowing for independent work allows people to be creative you know, within their wheelhouse. And because you have opened the door to, um, to more of a community spirit, I feel like that has opened the door for them to put their hand out and try and collaborate. And that's where you've broken down the silos without losing yeah. the benefit of independent work. It's such a great point. And it's something that I haven't uh, really articulated as, as well as you just did. But it's it's so true as we've tried to provide opportunities for these independent departments to contribute to the greater organization. It's not only we learn from them, it's motivated them to to continue to share and to reach out cross functionally more than maybe they would have otherwise considered doing. And so I think as an executive team. Uh, now, that's our challenge as leaders is to continue to foster that and encourage that so that it will 
continue and it won't just be a flash in, a, in the pan during you know these uh, interesting COVID times, but it'll be something that we can take with us for many months and years to come. I think you'll be able to. It sounds like you have a great team and uh, they're headed by somebody who really cares. So I think they are in good hands with you. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what you do. I'm excited to see. Yeah. I love your perspective. I, I feel really motivated. I'm like, yes, let's get these lessons that we've learned and let's make sure that we, we change. I was having a conversation uh, with a diversity and inclusion executive the other day. And that was her biggest question is, how do we capitalize on this momentum, this change that's happening right now? How do we make sure that we keep it going? Uh, into the future. So like you said, that it's not a flash in the pan. So um, we'll have to follow up with you on a LinkedIn post or something. You have to keep us up to date on all the innovations that that you and and your teams are doing to continue to um, decouple the silos that exist in the organization and, and keep your community connected. Thank you. Yeah, you have my commitment to do just that. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for coming on The Culture Factor. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good one.